before the season even started, I knew Duvall was going to be back on our team somehow, some way. I just knew it. Mike Trout might be one of the safest bets in history, to be honest. As soon as that happened, it's like Javante Davis turned a switch and he went into kill mode. And Terrence Crawford, um, there's an argument that he might be the most feared man in boxing right now. Not really seeing many names stepping up, calling him out. If the MLB doesn't do something about it soon, uh, we could potentially be looking at another, maybe like a mini steroid era scandal on the MLB. Welcome to the All Takes No Whiffs podcast. Here are your hosts, Christian and A. Hindi. Welcome back to another episode of the All Takes No Whiffs podcast. I'm Alex, that's Christian, and we're back with another great episode. Uh, we'll be recapping all the fights that we talked about last week, and all of these fights turned out to be epic fights, and they were really good. But before we get started, make sure y'all like, make sure y'all subscribe, and make sure y'all turn on notifications to know that when we post new content. Yeah, man. Last weekend was an insane weekend for boxing. Uh, this weekend, not so much to look forward to, but we got a handful from last weekend, so it kind of evens out. Luckily, we got more boxing to look forward to after that, but for now, let's get into it. Last weekend, the world of boxing was in for a treat. There was a ton of cards that were filled with a ton of action. And to get this recap started, we're going to start with the historic women's boxing card. It was a co-main event that started with Alicia Bumgarner versus Michaela Mayer. This fight was... I, I was really excited for the result of this fight because I thought that it was going to go this way. Maybe I thought a stoppage was going to be in Bumgarner's favor because going into the fight, I just did think their styles, uh, when matched up, I thought Bumgarner had the advantage. But Mayer turned it on after a slow start, and she really made it competitive as well. But I thought Bumgarner matched, uh, edged it out in the end. And... Before I, I slide this to Alex and his take, I just got to say the commentary was horrible in that fight. I'm not going to lie. I heard at one point that uh, one of the commentators had Michaela Mayer winning seven straight rounds. Yeah, I don't really know what they were looking at because uh, there's no way that she won even more than four rounds, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Maybe even lucky enough to get three, but you're, you're right. She had a really slow start, Michaela Mayer. Uh, the first three rounds, it looked like, I, I want to say she wasn't trying, but it just kind of looked like she was feeling her out. And I think that might have hurt her because it was a little too late. Bumgarner established herself, and she looked super confident mm -hmm. throughout the entire fight. She looked like she was on a mission, and I'm not surprised she won. Um, I'm not really surprised the scores were as close as they were because after the third round, Michaela Mayer really did turn it on. And uh, some of those rounds were super, super close to score. So it really was a 50-50 toss for some of them. But uh, uh, I really enjoyed this fight. And, and I'm really happy with the result, to be honest, even though I picked Mayer to win this fight. Yeah, as you know, I'm happy about the result, too. Because, you know, you hit or miss when it comes to these takes. And this time, luckily, I hit. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to claim that I'm nice like it. But this time was a dub. My thing is, this fight was competitive, competitive enough, in my opinion, that I think a rematch might be warranted. I'm not going to lie to you. I think both fighters uh, taking what they learned from each other in these first 10 rounds, I think they can come back and make an even better fight, to be honest with you, because it was entertaining. But I think I think there's more that more between the two that could be seen. 
And when it comes to this first fight, though, before we even get ahead in the rematch to the rematch, I really feel like Mayer and Bumgarner was interesting because the two styles that matched up. I felt like Bumgarner just had the advantage. Um, she throws her punches with more intent, and I feel like that just ended up well taking into consideration Mayer's slow start and everything like that. I think the intent behind her punches just led to more effective punching, which gave her the edge in those competitive rounds. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And also, um, to be honest, everyone's talking about how Michaela Mayer is this master boxer and everything. Alicia Bumgarner actually looked, I think, better than her. Not going to lie. Um, uh, it kind of maybe a little hot of a take, but I definitely think that Bumgarner technically and defensively wise looked a lot better than Mayer for a majority of this fight. I agree, too, and I feel like a big factor in that is athleticism. I think Bumgarner has the athletic advantage compared to Mayer, and with that, she she looks uh, her feet on her feet. She has more spring. Um, just her head movement was more crisp. I think Mayer, if she was leaning on any sort of uh, physical advantages, it would have been her length and uh, her reach advantage, but... I guess the athleticism was the bigger factor in this fight, but I'd like to see them run it back because it was that close. Uh, this was a real entertaining fight and really great way to start the co-main event because the second fight was great as well. Yeah, and before we get into that, you brought up the rematch. I would love to see a rematch of this fight, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually going to bring that up to you before you even brought it up. So I'm, I'm glad you did because um, I think that there probably will be a rematch for the uh, this these two girls. Um, they had really bad blood coming into the fight. It looks like they had respect for each other after it ended. So um, I think a, a rematch is definitely in the making for these two girls. Yeah, looking forward to hopefully a future rematch between those two. But as far as the main event, as entertaining and as great of a fight as it was, I don't think this one necessarily warrants a rematch. Clarissa Shields, she did her thing against Savannah Marshall and took the unanimous decision against her. This was a this was another fun fight because Clarissa Shields, uh, she executed her game plan damn near perfect in my opinion. She had somebody with power, uh moving forward, trying to stalk her down, and she boxed beautifully. And I had a few choice words about Savannah Marshall uh, with Alex. And, yeah, I just feel like Savannah Marshall did not impress me. Um, I thought her footwork was bad. May have over-exaggerated a little at some point. But, yeah, I just I wasn't impressed. I For somebody who was talking the game that she was talking against somebody with a resume like Clarissa Shields, I was expecting – I was expecting a lot better footwork and a lot more opportunities being uh, found for her uh, through her footwork. And I just feel like that was a big factor as to why she wasn't able to do anything effective really against Clarissa Shields. Yeah, and I mean, you got to give all credit to Clarissa Shields. I mean, she boxed an absolute great fight. I mean, she... Didn't really have anything land on her, hardly, um, which was very surprising. Because like you said earlier, Savannah Marshall talking all this trash and everything, I figured she'd look a lot better than she actually did. Uh, Clarissa Shields was definitely the shining 
spot in this fight. And I, I like you said, don't want to see a rematch for this. Um, there probably wasn't going to be one anyway. But Clarissa Shields looked so good and definitely uh, showed why she is the number one pound-for-pound pound women's uh, fighter right now. Yeah, make any argument you want about the big clash between Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano a few a while back. But when it comes to skill and ability, I just feel like Clarissa Shields stands above the rest of them. And she's got options moving forward, but when it comes to those options, I just don't know who's about to put her to the test. She's like that. Yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to see where she goes. I mean... I don't really think anyone wants to fight her. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously people are gonna, but it's going to be really interesting to see where she goes, and I'm kind of curious to see who she's going to fight next. I feel like an interesting thing to bring up with Clarissa Shields about what's next for her is uh, her stint in MMA. I don't think she's done with that. She might get back into the cage soon. That's That's interesting. So we just got to wait and see, though. That would be really interesting, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. I mean, she's going to do what she wants to do. We know that. Mm -hmm. As for that historic woman's card, uh, it was a sight to see for sure. And But as for another amazing card this past weekend, uh, the Deontay Wilder card, uh, starting off with Caleb Plant making his return after losing to Canelo Alvarez against Anthony Durrell. This was an entertaining fight especially for a comeback fight, and he got the stoppage against Darrell on a brutal knockout, to be honest with you. And it, that was especially the moment of the knockout. That whole thing was a spectacle because Caleb Plant was oof, showing no mercy after that, and he looked really good. I'm not going to lie. The power, uh, I'm not going to say it's crazy power, but mix, mixing in a little more power with his boxing ability, and he's he's looking like, He's looking like a top contender out there in at 168. Don't know if I want to say he could run it back with Canelo yet, but, you know, he looked real good. And there's some things to take into consideration. Darrell is 37 years old, and he looked good in his last fight. He had a really nice knockout, but Plant just had all the advantages, to be honest with you, and he executed perfectly, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, and he did everything I wanted him to do and everything I wanted to see. I wanted to see a stoppage. I wanted to see him to be more aggressive, uh, and he did all that. Um, Caleb Plant definitely, like you said, looks like he's got a little more pop to him. Um, that power looked uh, a lot better, and that knockout, it was it was pretty brutal, not going to lie. And I'm happy to see him uh, back in the ring, especially after, what was it, a year off or something like that? Or was it six months? I don't know how long it was, but uh, I'm just happy to see him back in the ring. And like you said, he's at 168. There's a couple names at 168 I'd like to see him fight, but I'm not sure I'd like to see him fight Canelo yet. Yeah, man. Uh, it just doesn't seem ideal for either fighter right now. I feel like Caleb Plant would need to work his way back up before getting a fight with the undisputed champ at 168. But as for names that I feel like should be in the mix for Caleb Plant next... First and foremost, I personally think David Benavidez should get a crack at Caleb Plant because that's been brewing for a while. Uh, when we're talking about bad blood between fighters, it seems like these guys genuinely don't like each other. And they've talked plenty of shit to each other. So, like, let's get it on. Uh, it gets to a certain point that enough of the talk 
Uh, let's get things into action. But David Benavidez is fighting. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to attempt his name. But he's fighting an opponent that Caleb Plant has defeated. Uh, the, the opponent that Caleb Plant won his first and only world title against. Something with a U. Yeah, that's his, that's his name. And <laughs> it's hard to say. I don't even know how to say it either. <laughs> but yeah, so Benavidez just got to take care of him real quick. And I feel like that, that could be a big fight. Another big fight, honestly, would be if Jamal Charlo would want to move up and make a campaign towards fighting Canelo Alvarez. I think Plant would be a good stop on the way. And I honestly feel like that'd be a competitive fight. Uh, I could see Plant winning, but I would have to give the advantage to Charlo. But let's see it happen. Uh, that's 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 one of the biggest fights around those weight classes, and we just want to see the best fights being made. Yeah, that'd be a real interesting fight against Charlo too. I didn't even think about that yet. And uh, David Benavidez actually called out Plant today, so um, I, I would love to see that um, after he beats uh, whatever this guy's name is. I don't want to say it. I don't want to put it like Jose Lil Uzi or something like that. It's it's something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would love to see Caleb Plant fight David Benavides. I think that'd be a a pretty even fight, but I definitely would have to give the uh, advantage to David Benavides right now. Yeah, honestly, I think I think Benavides whoops him. Uh, I think Caleb Plant puts on a little bit of a show with his boxing ability, but I don't think Benavidez really f- would fear his power, and I feel like he'd just walk right through him, and that'll be that. But at the same time, uh, Plant's power is looking a little more respectable. Uh, I know it was against Darrell, who Benavidez has already defeated. I'm pretty sure that's who he won his first world world title against, too. So, like, you know, there's a couple mixes going on here. And... Yeah, that, I I would say that's the number one fight, though, for, for Caleb Plant. Yeah, for sure, and I'm definitely looking forward to see where Caleb Plant goes next, especially with how good he looked in this fight. Um, super happy with how good he looked. But another guy who I'm happy with how good he looked after a pretty long time off and not knowing if we were ever going to see him in the ring again, but Deontay Wilder, the bronze bomber, defeated Robert Helenus by a absolutely brutal knockout in the first round um it happened with about 15 to 10 seconds left in the first round and i mean christian this was a nasty knockout yeah you said it happened at the end of the first that that was insane and then once also insane it happened in like a blink of an eye there was just this moment that helenus just rushed into wilder you see both of wilder's hands come out really and I was confused initially. I saw Helenus go down. I was like, Wilder caught him with a left hook. That surprised me. But then, you know, they slowed it down a little. And the right hand, it was the signature right hand, of course, because that's, you know, that's Deontay Wilder's bread and butter. And it, it was interesting. I really thought he came like this at first, but no, it was just like a, his jab hand was already out here. I guess he just shot it, shot it like that, caught him clean. And Helenus just, he was out for the count as soon as he made contact. Yeah, and Helenus is actually down for a while, so we hope that he's all right and everything. Um, it, it was a nasty knockout, but Steontay Wilder, this is one of the guys who's got some of the best power in the whole world right now. Definitely probably the best power in the heavyweight class. But uh, 
where do you think Wilder goes after this? There's a lot of routes he can take. There's a lot of pe- a lot of people in this heavyweight division right now he can fight. And that there's one name who we've all seen him fight before that has been thrown around there. But I'm not really looking forward to him fighting Fury. But what is your thoughts on that first? I'm gonna pray every night for the next few months that that fight doesn't happen. Because we don't need it. We don't need that. Fury has stopped him the last two times, and Fury damn near got the dub and a draw the first time. We know who the better fighter of the two is. Honestly, I want to see Wilder up against Anthony Joshua mainly. I feel like that's a fight that has been in the making for a while now because those are two giants and two of the biggest names in the heavyweight division. Uh, Both got power. Uh, their power, their approach with their power is a little different, and I feel like that those two styles mixing up would be wild. Well, speaking of Wilder, I'm sorry that was corny, but yeah, uh, that would be the number one. And I know this would be a huge jump for Wilder uh, compared to Anthony Joshua. I'd like to see Wilder with Usyk. That's another uh, set of styles that I feel like would be. Very interesting to see. Uh, can Usyk last 12 rounds against a ticking time bomb? That's Wilder's right hand. Usyk would have to rely on his boxing ability for sure, and he would have to box perfectly and just make sure that he doesn't get hit flush because I think Usyk can take a right hand in the heavyweight division. Just, you know, if he rolls with it, if he's taking a Wilder right hand flush, uh, if anybody's taking a Wilder right hand flush, I'm praying for them. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw Fury get up from it twice, but uh, that's, that's something else. Um, but no, you're you're definitely right. I definitely love to see a AJ Wilder fight. But now that you say it, I kind of would rather see a Usyk a Wilder fight a little more than that. Now, um, that's kind of two different styles because Usyk, he's not the knock you out type. He's the more of just box you down, and mm-hmm. Wilder is the the one punch. He he's got you, and you're done. But I really don't keep going, keep going. I really, (laughs) I really uh, don't know where Wilder is going to go after this, but I mean, he's got a lot of places to go and a lot of people to fight. Be careful, Usyk. This is who you'd be up against. Be careful. You just got to, yeah. When it comes to Wilder, like you said, one punch and it's, it's kind of a spectacle because like, we got these guys throughout boxing history that have one punch power that could just turn the lights out on anybody. But I feel like Wilder honestly stands out when it comes to those guys, because Wilder is not a big heavyweight in the first place. And even though he got back up, he's, he's chopping trees down, knocking guys down like Tyson Fury who have insane weight advantages over him. Well, I don't want to say insane. They have, he has the weight advantage over him. And I just really think that's a testament to how historically strong Wilder's right hand is. So Usyk would have to, like I said, box a perfect fight and a perfect performance from Usyk. I would love to see it, which is why that's definitely probably one B when it comes to what I want to see for Wilder next. Cause I don't think I want to see AJ Wilder more, but I'd love to see that fight more than just about any other fight in boxing. So it's tough to say. Yeah, and you talking about Wilder's weight, he was actually down 24 pounds from his last two fights against Fury. So it was nice to see him a little more lean and stuff and still be 
um, very active in there. I mean, he looked really good in the ring. He didn't look slow like he did the last time. And I don't want to hear the excuses of the whole costume he wore um, tired him. But I mean, I'm sure it actually did. But he actually looked really, really good, even though it was only one round <laughs> or yeah, basically one round. But um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where Wilder goes after this. Um, I'm happy he's back in the ring and I'm happy he uh, didn't retire. But unlike Wilder, who's trying to chase a title again, uh, we had Devin Haney defending his titles in a rematch against George Cambosis this weekend to wrap it up. And this fight, it was another solid fight. I feel like we predicted accurately uh, from the purest perspective, for sure. It was entertaining. But uh, in general, it was kind of the same the same as before. Just Devin Haney, Devin Haney, I feel like, brought it a little more. And... Even if he brought it a little less, uh, scores probably would have been the same, just you know, less entertaining. But uh, he proved to us that Cambosis was not having an off night, that Haney is just levels above him. Yeah, and he is levels, way too many levels above Cambosis. Um, we saw that uh, Cambosis really couldn't land anything, couldn't land anything in the first fight. Um, it really wasn't that much different from this fight from the first. Only thing I really would take from this is Devin Haney looked a lot more aggressive. He came out earlier, was punching a lot um, more early. The only thing with Haney is he, there's really not that much power with him. Um, if he needs to finish someone, it's going to be kind of hard for him, I feel like. Um, towards the end of the fight, I think it was round maybe 9 or 10, if I remember right. He could have finished Cambosis, but he, he just – I don't know what it is. It's – it's not that he doesn't have the killer instinct. It's just that I really don't know what it is because he could have finished Cambosis, but it's like he kind of not shied down, but just didn't get more aggressive. I feel like the main takeaway I had from this weekend when it comes to Haney Cambosis is more so just about Devin Haney. Uh, when it comes to the fight, um, I don't really have too much more to say about it. But with Devin Haney, I think a big factor with the lack of power at 135, I think Devin Haney is fighting too low at a weight class. I think Devin Haney needs to move up. He looked awfully drained at the weigh-in. Like, it was alarming. And, uh, yeah, he could rehydrate for the night before. Uh, and... Even then, I just don't think that is healthy for a boxer. And I also think, or I feel like this is commonly known as well, uh, holding yourself back like that when it comes to weight, it kind of limits your power as well. So I think Devin Haney just needs to do what he's got to do. And there's big names at 140 as well. It's just tough that because there's a lot of big fights at 135 to make. But I don't know. I just... I think what's best for Haney if he wants to maximize power and not just that, uh, be that be at his physically uh, physical best. I, I think moving up from 135 might have to be an option for him. But there's so many names at so 135 many. that I want to see him fight. I mean, 140 is a good division too, but I mean, 135. I mean, those guys have been talking shit after shit after shit for. I mean, months and years and years. So I, I can see him moving up to 140. So do you, what do you see him doing, really? Do you think he stays at 135? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when it comes to these guys talking shit at 135, that's all it really is. 
It's just a guy's bunch of guys talking shit, no fights being made. So I feel like it doesn't really make a difference if he moves weight classes. And even then, it might open the opportunity for fights actually being made in that weight class because you got Tiafimo who just moved up to 140. That would be a nice fight. You got Josh Taylor, who probably moving up to welterweight after his rematch with Jack Catterall. But that would be another great fight. You got Jose Ramirez. You get you, there's there's a good amount of solid names at 140, and I know you got the stars in 135 like Tank, um, Ryan Garcia. Who even then with those two, Tank has already fought at 140 before when he knocked out Mario Barrios, and then you got Ryan Garcia who's talking about moving up to 140 as well. So I think I think these guys, these shit talkers are just gonna be moving up with him. I think things if he gets there first, he could probably become undisputed at 140. And defend his titles once they move their way up. Because it's going to be a waiting game either way. These fights are not being made right now. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, too. Um, I mean, you're totally right. These guys are talking a whole lot of shit, but there's Ooh. no action behind it. Um, I want to see some. I want to see these guys fight each other in the ring and stuff. But um, it'd be really interesting to see where Haney goes from here. Um, see if he stays at 135 and fights these guys or moves up to 140 where he's still got some pretty good names to fight up there. But we had a really, really good weekend of boxing this past weekend. Um, this upcoming weekend, there's really not much to talk about. Um, we looked at the schedule, not too many uh, big names, but I'm sure there's some fights out there. Um, I'm not really sure who's out there, but definitely check out if there's uh, anybody with relevance i guess yeah man uh slow weekend for boxing coming up but a little extra time to reflect on what just happened last weekend because uh quick mention i'm looking forward to regardless what of what it is what devin haney does moving forward and george cambosis stay your ass in australia i'm all good and that does it for another episode of the all takes no Ways podcast another great episode talking about some boxing about the major fights we talked about last week and then where we see some of these guys and girls going next but before we get out of here make sure y'all like make sure y'all subscribe and make sure y'all turn on notifications to know that we post new content and also if y'all want you can follow us on social media on any platform at atnw podcast and you can also follow mine at and 2215 and if you want you can find my twitter and instagram at christian underscore s52 but that does it for this episode. Looking forward to next week, uh, talking some more playoff baseball and previewing some quality boxing after this weekend's break. Until then, peace. Peace.